Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jangda. If you enjoy and benefit from listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free with you, and your donation ensures that we are always able to do so. Each podcast we produce has tens of thousands of listeners. So the opportunity for gaining immense reward by supporting this effort is endless, insha'Allah. You never know who will be able to benefit from your contributions and donations. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Okay, bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Uh, inshallah, continuing with our study of the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabawiyah, the prophetic biography. Um, due to the changing of the time for Salat al-Isha, uh, inshallah, um, we'll be starting at the new time. And so hopefully, inshallah, folks will become a little bit more accustomed to uh, the new schedule. So picking up from where we left off, we were discussing the ninth year of Hijrah. The ninth year of the Prophet Sallallahu residence in the city of Medina. And during the ninth year we talked about how this is known as Amul Wufud, the year of the delegations. When all these different delegations and groups were coming to Medina and were accepting Islam, there were a few more difficult interactions, a few contentious situations like with Musaylama as an individual. Uh, you had uh, kind of a situation with a couple of leaders from a tribe that was also problematic that we talked about in the previous session. But for the most part, these were very beautiful, positive interactions. One of them that is actually quite um, fascinating, one of the very fascinating interactions that occurred during this time um, is narrated, Imam Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala in his Sahih, he alludes to it, he talks about it as well. And similarly, uh, many different uh, scholars of hadith in the seerah, Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Imam Bayhaqi fi Dala'il al-Nubuwa, uh, and Ibn Ishaq in his seerah, they have the more detailed version of the story. Imam Bukhari has very short narrations that allude to it, but the more detailed narrations are found in all these other books of hadith and seerah. So, the particular narrative that I'm going to be following uh, is from the seerah of Ibn Ishaq. Ibn Ishaq, he mentions that Adi bin Hatim, he was uh, considered basically a leader uh, of his people. Adi bin Hatim al-Ta'i. This is the son of Hatim al-Ta'i, who is a very, very famous, generous man from the era of Jahiliyyah, pre-Islamically. So much so that Hatim al-Ta'i, his name itself became synonymous with generosity. So when you wanted to describe someone as being very generous, you would say, he's like Hatim al-Ta'i. And so his son Adi had basically inherited the leadership of his tribe. And he himself narrates his own story. He says, مَا رَجُلٌ مِنَ الْعَرَبِ كَانَ أَشَدَّ كَرَاهَةً لِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ حِينَ سَمِعَ بِهِ مِنِّي he says, nobody disliked. Uh, he says, I'm pretty certain that no one disliked hearing about the Prophet ﷺ. Once Islam became very dominant and Islam started to spread, nobody was more apprehensive. Nobody disliked the Prophet ﷺ more than I did, he says. 
He says that I was the leader of my people. And he says that at that time I was Christian. I had adopted the Christian religion in spite of being Arab. Um, but many of the Arabs of the north of that time, uh, at that time they had adopted the Christian religion. So he said, I was Christian. This is the only thing that is kind of a little bit interesting. And it doesn't necessarily say that he was a bad person per se, but it more so talks about the corrupt structures that existed at that time. And this is gonna be very relatable for us because unfortunately, that's kind of the standard of leadership in our, you know, in Muslim majority countries and even uh, all parts of the world today. He said that, he says that I used to demand a tax be paid from the people to me. Anytime they made money, anytime they came into some wealth, there was a percentage of their wealth, there was a percentage of their sales uh, that I would tax. They personally had to pay me. And he says that, وَكُنْتُ فِي نَفْسِي عَلَى دِينٍ I thought I was doing what was right. Because that's how everyone ruled over their people. وَكُنْتُ مَلِكًا فِي قَوْمِ So, لِمَا كَانَ يَسْنَعُ بِي يُسْنَعُ بِي He said, and I basically had become a king of my people because of how they treated me, how they listened to me, how they would do whatever I told them to do. So he says, فَلَمَّا سَمِعَتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ صَلَى So when I heard about the Prophet ﷺ, I naturally was very apprehensive because I had become so comfortable in this position of leadership and getting my way in being able to demand money from people and so on and so forth. All of a sudden accepting an authority over me was not a very welcoming idea. So I just abhorred the idea of having to listen to someone else even if it be the Prophet ﷺ. So he says that I told uh, uh, a servant who worked for me, فَقُلْتُ لِغُلَامٍ كَانَ لِي عَرَبِي He was an Arab, but he was a servant who worked for me. كَانَ رَاعِيًا لِإِبْلِي He used to graze my camels. لَا أَبَنْ لَكَ He says, I basically cursed him because I was so mad and angry when I heard Islam was spreading and Muslims were going everywhere and everyone's entering into the fold of Islam and all these tribes were flocking from far and wide to Medina and becoming Muslim. I was mad, so I cursed my servant. La aban laka. Right? I basically said, you have no father cursing him. And I said, A'adid li min ibli ajmalan dhulalan simanan. Fahtabizha qariban minni. فَلَمَّا سَمِعَتَ بِجَيْشٍ لِمُحَمَّدٍ قَدْ وَطِئَ هَذِهِ الْبِلَادِ فَآذِنِّي So I told him, I said, find the best of my camels that could endure a long journey. Have them ready and prepared and bring them in from the pastures and keep them tied up close to my house. And the moment you hear that Muslims are approaching this direction, I need you to let me know. فَفَعَلَ So he did that. So one day he says, he came to me and he said, يَا عَدِي مَا كُنْتَ صَانِعًا إِذَا غَشَيْتُكَ إِذَا غَشِيَتْكَ خَيْلُ مُحَمَّدٍ فَاصْنَعَهُ الْآنِ He said, oh Adi, he came to me one day, the servant who worked for me, he said, Adi, what would you do if you heard that Muhammad's army was approaching? Because whatever it is that you would do, I need you to do it now. Now's the time. So, فَإِنِّي رَأَيْتُ رَايَاتْ I saw some flags in the distance. I asked someone and they said, it's maybe Muhammad's army. 
So I told him, I said, okay, bring me the camels. I gathered together my wife and my kids. And then I left. And I said, I'm going to travel to Bilad al-Sham, the region of the Levant, Palestine, Syria, these regions. I'm going to go out there and join up with the Christian community there. I will seek asylum as an Arab Christian and I'll go there and I'm just gonna live there. So he says that I went, I had to sneak out. I basically had to sneak out. And he says when I snuck out, I had to leave some people behind. And one of the people he says I left behind, the different narrations of Imam Ahmad and Imam Bayhaqi, they mentioned that it was a family member. One narration mentions it was his aunt. Ibn Ishaq's narration says that it was actually one of his sisters. فَخَلَّفْتُ بِنْتًا لِحَاتِمٍ فِي الْحَادِرِ I left my sister behind. Some other narrations mentioned maybe it was a cousin, maybe it was an aunt. Either way, one of the women who was related to him, but she wasn't immediately there, she didn't live with him. So he said, I was not able to take her with me. So he says that I went and I traveled off to Sham. Eventually, some of the Muslim forces came to that area. And when they came there, they you know, rounded up a lot of the people and they took them to Medina. When they took them to Medina, they were being, they were being kept. Uh, in the, some were being kept in the masjid, some were being kept right outside the masjid where the Ashab Sufa used to stay. And as you know, the, the, the Sahaba, so many, uh, so many people who were formerly captives, uh, and then later on became Muslim and they narrate, they used to feed us well, keep us safe. So they were holding all the people there, some in the masjid, some right outside the masjid. And while the Prophet ﷺ was walking by one time into the masjid, he says that this sister of mine in this narration, this female relative of mine, whatever she was, aunt or sister or whatever, he says that, كانت imra'atan jazlatan. She was a very, very brash woman. She was a very strong woman. فَقَالَتْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ هَلَكَ الْوَالِدْ وَغَابَ الْوَافِدْ she said, look, my father has passed. My other family has abandoned me. And be good to me, and God will be good to you. The Prophet ﷺ said, Man wafiduka? Who is this family of yours that abandoned you? And she said, Adi bin Hatim. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-far min Allahi wa rasulihi. The same guy who ran away from Allah and his messenger that guy. And she says that I had no response. The Prophet went into the masjid. The rest of the day passed. The next day, as he was passing by, I said the same thing to him. And he presented the same question to me. The third day, she said, I said the same thing to him. And the Prophet that day, he said, قَدْ فَعَلْتُ Fine, go, you're free. But he said, Sister, may I give you some advice? فَلَا تَعْجِلِي بِخُرُوجٍ حَتَّى تَجِدِي مِنْ قَوْمِكِ مَنْ يَكُونُ لَكَ ثِقَةً حَتَّى يُبَلِّغُكِ إِلَى بِلَادِكِ ثُمَّ آذِنِينِ He said, may I give you some advice, sister? If you want to go, you can leave now. No one's going to hold you here. You may go now. But as a woman traveling by herself, 
through the middle of the desert, passing by all these random tribes, all this stuff, you might be putting yourself in danger's way. So my advice is do not rush to go somewhere until you're able to find someone from your people who can grant you some level of protection and allow you, deliver you to your family. So, فَسَأَلْتُ عَنِ الرَّجُلِ الَّذِي أَشَارَ إِلَيَّ أَنْ كَلِّمِيهِ فَقِيلَ لِي عَلِي بْنُ أَبِي طَالِبُ So then she says that someone had pointed out to me a young man walking with the Prophet ﷺ that you should talk to him. He'll be able to help you. So I asked who is that and they said it's Ali bin Abi Talib. So she says, I went to Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu and I asked him, could you help me reach my family? And he said, absolutely. And he provided some transportation. He gave me provisions and ride. He got, you know, attained a guide and some protection for me. And I was able to travel to Sham and I reached my brother there. فَكَسَانِي وَحَمَلِي حَمَلَنِي وَأَعْطَانِي نَفَقَةً فَخَرَجْتُ مَعَهُمْ حَتَّى قَدِمْتُ الشَّامِ I reached my family. I reached my brother. So Adi, he says now, فَوَاللَّهِ إِنِّي لَقَاعِدٌ فِي الْأَهْلِ I was sitting with my home there, with my family in Sham. إِذْ نَظَرْتُ إِلَى ضَعِينَ تُصَوِّبُ إِلَى قَوْمِنَا I saw a woman approaching from the distance. So, I stood up and I looked in the distance at that woman walking towards us and I said, Ibnatu Hatim, is that my sister? And someone said, Faidah hiya hiya. That is her. So when she finally got to us, Adi says, Falama waqafat alayya in sahalat. She started to tear into me. You left me al she said, Al Qati'a al Zalim. She said, you sever family relations, you leave me behind, you are a zalim. And اِحْتَمَلْتَ بِأَهْلِكَ وَوَلِدِكَ وَتَرَكْتَ بَقِيَّةَ وَالِدِكَ عَوْرَتَكَ You took your own wife and kids and you forgot the rest of your family? What would your father say? What would our father say? You just left me? So he said, اَيْ أُخَيَّا He said, I pleaded with her, لَا تَقُولِي إِلَّا خَيْرًا فَوَاللَّهِ مَا لِي مِنْ عُذْرٍ لَقَدْ صَنَعْتُ مَا ذَكَرْتِ I, I apologize to her and I said, don't you know, uh, belittle me. I have no excuse. I did what you say I did and I'm sorry. Nevertheless, she stayed with me. And he says, وَكَانَتْ إِمْرَاتًا حَازِمًا She was not only just like he said before, she was a very strong woman, outspoken woman, but she was also a very smart woman. She was really, really smart. I really trusted her advice. So he said, one day, after she settled in, I asked her, مَاذَا تَرِينِي فِي أَمْرِ هَذَا الرَّجُلِ What do you have to say about Muhammad ﷺ? She said, أَرَى وَاللَّهِ أَن تَلْحَقَ بِهِ سَرِيعًا She said, you want my advice? He said, yeah. She said, I think you should go and join him. I think you should go and join this community. He said, really? Why? She said, فَإِنْ يَكُنِّ الرَّجُلُ نَبِيًّا فَلِسَابِقِ إِلَيْهِ فَضْلُهُ he is either a prophet of God, and if he's a prophet of God, the sooner you go, the better it is for you, the more virtuous it is. When yakun malikan, anta. She said, and even if he's not a prophet, he's still a ruler, he's a king, his people are spreading, his kingdom is spreading, then you'll be aligning yourself with someone very strong, and you will again find yourself in a good position of power. So you can't lose. It's a win-win. You need to go. 
So he says, I said to myself, Wallahi, inna hadhar ar-ra'i. He said, this is the correct uh, approach. She has the correct thinking. So he said, I finally swallowed my pride. I took a chance. I packed my bags. And I set out towards Medina. فَدَخَلْتُ عَلَيْهِ وَهُوَ فِي مَسْجِدِهِ When I got to Medina, the Prophet ﷺ was in a masjid. I walked in to the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ. I greeted him. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Manir Rajul, introduce yourself, sir. Who are you? I said, Adi bin Hatim. The Prophet ﷺ stood up. He stood up, he greeted me. And he took me by the hand and he took me to his home. And فَوَاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ لَعَامِدٌ بِي إِلَيْهِ إِذْ لَقِيَتُ إِمْرَأَةٌ ضَعِيفَةٌ كَبِيرَةٌ فَاسْتَوْقَفَتْهُ And he said, while we were going, he took me by the hand and he said, let me take you to my home. I need to show you hospitality. You are the son of a very respectable person. And he said, while we were going, this very, very elderly, like the way he describes her, إِمْرَأَةٌ ضَعِيفَةٌ كَبِيرَةٌ not just old, but also frail. Like a very elderly woman. She stopped him. Like who does that? Some old, frail person just stopped him. Hey, I need to talk to you. And he stood there for a long time. And you know, maybe she just kind of kept going and going and talking and talking. And he kept listening and listening. And she said, I have this problem and I have that problem and I have this problem and that problem. And he talked to her and he addressed all of her questions and concerns and everything. And he said, Adi said, I was standing there watching. He said, if you don't mind, I need to take care of her. And I stood there and watched this. I said to myself, Wallahi ma malik. He is not a king. Because this is not how kings act. ثُمَّ مَضَابِي رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Then he took me into his home and we sat down. He grabbed the pillow. The pillow wasn't like some luxurious silk covered, you know, pillow. It was like a sack made out of leather and it was stuffed with leaves. It was the only pillow. There was one pillow in his home. It was a leather kind of sack, and it was stuffed with leaves. You know, it's like rough. It's rough. فَقَذَفَهَا إِلَيَّ He sat down and he grabbed the pillow and he kind of tossed it to me. And he said, اِجْلِسْ عَلَى هَذِهِ Sit on this. Because it was just the ground. It's uncomfortable. So he gave it to me. He said, sit on this. فَقُلْتُ بَلْ أَنْتَ فَجْلِسْ عَلَيْهَا He said, you know, I had a good father. I knew manners, I knew etiquette. I said, no sir, you sit on this. And he said, Balanta, now you sit on it. And when your host insists, you do. Al-amru adab So you do what your host asks you to do. فَجَلَسْتُ وَجَلَى رَسُولَ And then the Prophet sat down on the ground, the hard ground. He just sat down there. فَقُلْتُ فِي نَفْسِي وَاللَّهِ مَا هَذَا بِأَمْرِ مَلِكِ No king would ever act this way. ثُمَّ قَالَ إِيهِ يَا عَدِي بْنِ حَاتِمْ أَلَمْ تَكُورَكُوا سِيَّةً He said, oh Adi, you adopted the Christian religion, right? And I said, yes. 
And then he said, أَوَلَمْ تَكُنْ تَسِيرُ فِي قَوْمِكَ بِالْمِرْبَعَ But at the same time, did you not used to tax your people and take a percentage of their wealth? And I said, yes, I did. He said, فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ يَحِلُّ لَكَ فِي دِينِكَ That is not okay in the Christian religion that you tax people personally. A protection tax. That's not a part of Christianity. And I said, أَجَلْ وَاللَّهِ I said, you are true. And when he had that exchange with me, he says, عَرَفْتُ أَنَّهُ نَبِيٌّ مُرْسَلٌ يَعْلَمُ مَا يُجْهَلُ SubhanAllah. He said when he had that conversation with me, when he made that point to me, I, I said at that time, I recognized that he is indeed a prophet and a messenger. He knows that which he should not know. He knows that which there's no way for him to know. How would he know? What's in the Christian religion and what's not? He's from Makkah. He's a Qurashi. He's an Arab. So how does he know what's in my religion or not? And I knew that he was a prophet of God at that time. And he said, and then he said to me in another narration, this was very beautiful. He said, what, why did you run? Why did you run? Afarraka, did the thing that made you run? Was that La ilaha illallah? Wahal hunaka ilahun illallah? Is there any other God other than Allah? All I'm asking you to say is La ilaha illallah. Is there another God other than Allah? No. Then why'd you run? He said to him, He says, Why'd you run? He says that because Afarraka and you call Allahu Akbar? Did you run because of Allahu Akbar? We say Allahu Akbar. فَهَلْ شَيْءٌ هُوَ أَكْبَرٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ عَزَ وَجَلٌ Is there anything greater than God? God is greater, Allah is the greatest. That's why you ran? Is there anything greater than Allah? No. Then why'd you run? What reason, what reason did you have to run? And then he further said to me, he said, يَا عَدِي إِنْ لَعَلَّكَ يَا عَدِي إِنَّمَا يَمْنَعُكَ مِنْ دُخُولِ هَذَا فِي هَذَا الدِّينِ مَا تَرَى مِنْ حَاجَتِهِمْ Maybe the thing that kind of scared you from accepting the deen was that you saw that the Muslims, the people that follow me, they're poor. One day so much wealth will pour amongst the Muslims, you won't find somebody to take the money home. He said, وَلَعَلَّكَ إِنَّمَا يَمْنَعُكَ مِن دُخُولِ فِيهِ مَا تَرَى مِن كَثْرَةِ عَدُوِّهِمْ وَقِلَّةِ عَدَدِهِمْ Maybe you felt that the Muslims are very few and their enemies are many. فَوَاللَّهِ لَيُشَكَنَّ أَن تَسْمَعَ بِالْمَرْأَةِ تَخْرُجْ مِنَ الْقَادِسِيَّ عَلَى بَعِيرِهَا حَتَّى تَزُورَ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ لَا تَخَافِ One day there will be so much peace and tranquility in the Muslim land that a woman will leave and she will travel all the way to Mecca to perform the Hajj by herself and no one will harass her. There will be that much safety. He said, وَلَعَلَّكَ إِنَّمَا يَمْنَعُكَ مِن دُخُولِ فِيهِ أَنَّكَ تَرَى أَنَّ الْمُلْكَ وَالسُلْطَانَ فِي غَيْرِهِمْ Maybe you see these great kingdoms, Rome, Persia. He say, what are these people, a bunch of Bedouins running around? You see kingdoms. And he says, فَوَأَيْمُ اللَّهِ I swear by God, O Adi, لَيُشِّكَنَّ You shall very soon find أَن تَسْمَعَ بِالْقُصُورِ الْبِيَضِ مِنْ أَرْضِ بَابِ الْقَدْ فُتِحَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ 
the great palaces of the Romans will fall at their feet. قَالَ فَأَسْلَمْتُ Adi says, I became Muslim. فَكَانَ Adi يَقُولْ Adi, he used to say, when he would narrate the story, he used to say, مَضَتْ إِثْنَانِ وَبَقِيَةِ الثَّالِثَةِ I have seen two of the three things the Prophet ﷺ promised. He says, وَاللَّهِ لَتَكُونًا And the third one, I have no doubt, will happen. He says, I saw the empire of Rome fall at the feet of the Muslims. I saw that day when a woman could travel from Qadisiyah to Mecca by herself and no one would bother her. And the third thing is that so much money would pour in that you would not find anyone to take the money home with them. He says, that I have not seen yet, but I have no doubt that it will come true. The last part of the narration, this story that I wanted to share was, after he became Muslim, he basically was able to talk to his people and many, pretty much his entire tribe, all the rest of his people became Muslim. The Prophet ﷺ gave them some nasiha, some advice. And some of the advice that he gave him, uh, that he gave them, parts, excerpts from that advice are narrated in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim. And they are very famous narrations. So some of the most beautiful advice of the Prophet ﷺ, and we've all heard it at some point or another, actually comes from this story. So here's some of the advice that he gave them. Particularly like we know Adi, he was the son of a very wealthy, generous man. His people overall were known for being more affluent, more wealthy people. So listen to the advice the Prophet ﷺ gives them. فَحَمِدَ اللَّهُ وَأَثْنَى عَلَيْهِ The Prophet ﷺ praised and glorified God. وَقَالَ أَمَّا بَعْدُ فَلَكُمْ أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ أَن تُرْضَخُوا مِنَ الْفَضْلِ اِرْتَذَخَ أَمْرٌ بِسَاعٍ بِبَعْضِ سَاعٍ بِقُبْضَةٍ بِبَعْضِ قُبْضَةٍ وَحَتَّى قَالْ بِتَمْرَةٍ أَوْ بِشِقِّ تَمْرَةٍ The Prophet ﷺ said, attain virtue, give in charity and attain virtue by giving a saw. A saw is two hands full. Or half a saw. Or give one handful. Or half a handful. Or by even giving one date or even half of a date. And he said, وَإِنَّ أَحَدَكُمْ لَاقِيَ اللَّهَ لَاقِ اللَّهَ لَاقِ اللَّهِ فَقَائِلٌ One of you, whenever, whenever any one of you leaves this world, you will go and you will face Allah. And Allah will say to you, what I am saying to you now, أَلَمْ أَجَعَلْكَ سَمِيعًا بَصِيرًا Did I not give you faculties and intellect? أَلَمْ أَجَعَلَّكَ مَالًا وَوَلَدًا Did I not give you wealth and family فَمَاذَا قَدَّمْتَ what did you do with it فَيَنْظُرُ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِ وَعَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَعَنْ شِمَالِهِ فَلَا يَجِدُ شَيْئًا but unfortunately some people they will look in front of them and look behind them and look to the right and look to the left and they will have no deeds to show for they did nothing with what God gave them فَمَا يَتَّقِ النَّارَ إِلَّا بِوَجْهِهِ and then the fire will come in front of that person's face and the Prophet ﷺ said, and this is that famous narration, Save yourself from the fire, even if it's by giving half of a date. And if you don't even have half a date to give, then say a good word. 
إِنِّي لَا أَخْشَى عَلَيْكُمُ الْفَاقَةِ The Prophet ﷺ said, I am not afraid that you will suffer from drought or famine or starvation. I am not afraid that you will suffer from starvation. By spending money, by giving sadaqah, you will not starve to death. لَيَنْسُرَنَّكُمُ اللَّهُ Allah will help you. وَلَيُعْطِيَنَّكُمُ Allah will give to you. أَوْ لَيَفْتَحَنَّ عَلَيْكُمْ Allah will open the dunya upon you. حَتَّى تَسِيرُ الضَّعِينَ بَيْنَ الْحِيرَ وَيَثْرِبْ أَوْ أَكْثَرْ مَا تَخَافُ السَّرَقَ عَلَى ضَعِينَتِهَا That a person will be able to travel all the way from Hira to Medina and they will not worry about the safety of their property and their wealth. Imam Tirmidhi narrates this narration. And as I mentioned, the very famous narration in Imam Bukhari, he mentions this from Adi bin Hatim. He narrates that the Prophet ﷺ taught me these words, Save yourself from the fire of hell, even if by giving half of a date. In the hadith of Sahih Muslim, Adi bin Hatim, he says that the Prophet ﷺ taught me, Any one of you who can protect yourself from the fire of hell, even if it be with half of a date, then please do so. And this is the narration of Adi bin Hatim, how he became Muslim, how the Prophet ﷺ showed him this generosity, and then the advice the Prophet ﷺ gave him. As we always do at the conclusion or the end of the session, I always like to try to extract some type of practical lesson that we can take from this. There are so many, again, every one of these interactions of the Prophet ﷺ has so many layers to it. First of all, when that woman asks the Prophet ﷺ, show me kindness and generosity, the Prophet ﷺ says, go. But he shows her true kindness. He didn't say, fine, go. He advises her, don't go by yourself. You'll put yourself in harm's way. When she seeks help and assistance from a companion of the Prophet ﷺ, from a family member of the Prophet ﷺ, one of the closest people to the Prophet ﷺ, Ali bin Abi Talib, Ali radiallahu ta'ala who helps this woman. And notice the narration mentions she did not become Muslim at that time. She was not a Muslim when she was asking Ali for help. And Ali helped her. He did not just give her provisions, he gave her clothes. Give her clothes and provisions and food and transportation. Right? So think about that. Right? That, was the, that is the ethos of the prophetic community. That is the Medina. That is the community the Prophet created. Where are we? Where are they? Something to think about. We would have trouble showing that kind of kindness to a family member. And they show it to a non-Muslim random woman, stranger. Right? So think about it. And yeah, non-Muslim. During times of conflict. The third thing is that when Adi comes to the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ said, Far min Allahi wa rasulihi. He ran away from the Prophet ﷺ. He said, I hated the Prophet ﷺ. And look how the Prophet treats him. Oh, you're Adi, son of Hatim, Atai. The Prophet gets up, greets him, holds his hand, says, Come to my home, be my guest. Once again, look at the etiquette. See, we have to understand one thing. What was the goal? Was the goal to put him in his place? Was the goal to let him know, Look, I need you to know. You didn't like me, but I win, you lose. Understand? 
I have the upper hand. Is that no, the goal was how can this person become connected to his creator? How can he recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So if I have to show a little bit of kindness, if I have to be a little generous, if I have to humble myself, if I have to show some hospitality, some graciousness, then so be it. It's worth the investment. And subhanAllah, that's exactly what happened. He becomes Muslim. And then the last thing that I wanted to mention, and that is the advice, there's, you know, the Prophet said, Speak to people accordingly. There's a very famous proverb as well. It's more authentically an athar of the Sahaba or the Tabi'een. Some said it was a hadith, but it's not really authenticated as a hadith. Talk to people according to the level. We referenced it earlier when the Prophet ﷺ said to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, لَوْلَا حَدِيثُ عَهْدِ قَوْمِكِ بِالْإِسْلَامِ لَغَيَّرْتُهَا Had your people not been so new to Islam, I would have changed the foundations of the Kaaba. So always understand where people are coming from. And you know, there's, a, there's an old Persian proverb, uh, they used to say, مَرْدُمْ شُنَاسِي مَوْقَى شُنَاسِي which means understand who you're talking to and where and when you're speaking. Know your audience, know your context. Know your audience, know your context. And the Prophet ﷺ, look at the advice. Out of all the good deeds that there are, when the Ash'ariyun, the people from Yemen, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari and his people, when they became Muslim and they came, they were poor, refugees, destitute. But they were people who were very vocally and poetically gifted. The thing the Prophet emphasized to them, learn the Qur'an, recite the Qur'an, read the Qur'an. And the Prophet said, When I walk around at night, I can recognize which homes they live in from the beautiful voices of their recitation of the Qur'an. But these people, Adib bin Hatim al-Ta'i, and his people, they were people of business, they were people of affluence. They were wealthy people. And the Prophet what does he emphasize to them? Pray nawafil. A faraid everyone has to do. But in terms of extra deeds, he said pray nawafil? No, he said give charity. He emphasized charity to them. So that also shows you the tarbiyah of the Prophet He advised people according to where, what their strengths were. And what was most relevant to them. And that's a very important lesson of tarbiyah, and ta'aleem, and teaching, and learning that we can learn from this particular story as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to practice everything that was said and heard. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallah bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, nasaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.